now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, you're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, and Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings. If you need an opinion from experts in insurance and mortgages, Denise and Lori are people that you should be chatting with. To find their contact information, just visit the CFAX 1070 website. Look under Shows to find us, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe, and you'll find their contact information. Or, of course, you can always get in touch with me because if you are looking for an expert in real estate, if you're needing a realtor to buy or sell, that's my job. So you could always call me as well, too. Be happy to chat with you. Today is an outdoor show. Our guests in the studio will be Drew Ripley from Amazon Irrigation and Mike Binder from JMB Enterprises uh, Incorporated. They're going to be talking about landscaping and sprinklers. But let's start our show with our weekly listener question. As a reminder, if you have a question or a curiosity about real estate, you can call us on our hotline here at the station, which is 250-414-6540, or you can find us online at cfax1070.com, and we'd be happy to discuss your question on the air. Uh, this week, I received a call from Clarice, and she was basically asking, um, her house is listed for sale, and her agent said that he didn't want to do open houses for her because he said they don't work. So Clarice wants to know, do open houses work? Uh, good question. Uh, I do have the answer for that here. Uh, open houses are, go- are a great way for people to go about and have a look at homes, get a sample of the neighborhood, uh, get a feel of properties. They're, they always start getting busy, of course, during the springtime and summer when the weather is good. And it always depends, too, on the area and location. You think about Victoria here. Whenever an open house is held in, for instance, James Bay or Fairfield uh, or Oak Bay, Gordon Head right now, they are generally crazy. We'll get 20, 30, 40, even more parties through an open house during uh, the open period. Um, So from the respect of do they bring people in, the answer is yes. But the big question is, do they work? Well, I've mentioned the National Association of Realtors before on our show, NAR. That is the governing body of realtors in the United States. Uh, There's over a million members, a million realtors that uh, are part of NAR. NAR is, is actually quite influential because they do a lot of statistical analysis every year. And one of the things that always comes up is, how did you as a consumer locate the house that you bought? And rather amazingly, open houses typically end up near the very bottom of the list, anywhere usually from 1.5 to 2.5%. It's a very low percentage. Uh, If you're wondering what the highest percentage is, uh, nowadays it is often finding things online. As we know, of course, Realtor.ca is an excellent resource in Canada, not just for Victoria, but across the country as well, too. People seem to do their research online first. Uh, The second largest group, uh, and it is significant, is by their realtor. So it's a good reminder to me and my industry about the fact that we are still very relevant. It is our job to introduce our clients to the right properties. Uh, After that, it is um, uh, usually a recommendation uh, from uh, recommendation of a realtor. Uh, So your friends or family may have recommended a realtor who consequently uh, shows you a property. But all of the other things, which maybe nowadays we consider old school, like print advertising, uh, 
uh, other things like that, they typically have a much lower success rate. So uh, going back to Clarice's question, uh, yeah, one and a half to two and a half percent chance of success of an open house. Many would say that's not a really good chance. And I guess listeners should be asking themselves the question, the house that you own right now, how did you find it? Uh, and I'm sure I, I always ask that question and I'll find people that say, I found it in an open house. That's fine. That might be that one and a half or two and a half percent. But the rest of the time, it's usually, yes, uh, it was our agent that showed us the property. You let us know about it. Uh, and that's how it works. Uh, the other thing that I, I do like to tell people is if open houses were so successful, then that's probably something that realtors would do all the time. And you notice that they don't. In fact, in what is usually a stronger market, you may notice that houses don't go on open sometimes until maybe three or four weeks after the house is listed. And if you're wondering why that is, it's often because uh, perhaps the agent and the seller thought that they would have had a sale in a fast market within seven days or 10 days. And when they don't have that sale, then they start thinking about other things to do to generate interest and activity. Oftentimes, open houses uh, are exactly that. Open houses are great, actually, for agents, for host agents that want to meet new buyers. So when people come in an open house, say 20 or 40 parties, uh, if they don't like the house, it's, it's what's called a conversion where they say, all right, well, if you don't like this house, can I show you something else? And they're looking for new clients. That, that is really one of the reasons why agents do it. Uh, we do consequently find that often uh, open houses are being held by uh, agents that are maybe starting out, don't have a lot of experience. Uh, I will say that it's rare to find experienced and busy agents hosting opens. And I think one of the reasons for that is, like I said a little earlier, it's because of um, efficiency. Uh, if it's not going to sell the house, then why do it? The other thing that I find is that uh, opens are a great way for nosy neighbors to come by if they've always been curious about your house, uh, they want to check it out, uh, or the other thing too is a lot of people who come through open houses are having themselves an open house at that time. They're looking for things to do. If they have to be out of their house for two hours, it's like, well, let's go look at other open houses. And the biggest question that we always have is the people that walk into the door, is it their intention to buy that house? And the majority of the time, it's simply just the looky-loo thing. No, I'm just looking. It's like you going into a retail store and just looking around with no intention to buy. So that raises the question, uh, if that's the majority of the people coming through, uh, why do it? Um, but, you know, circling back, there are some success cases. There are agents, actually, frankly, who are really good at holding open houses. Um, but the other half of the discussion, I, I have to say right now, is right now our provincial government... Uh, has intervened with our real estate council, and there are moves afoot to eliminate or delete uh, what we call double ending or limited dual agency in a transaction. You may have read about this. I know I've mentioned this before on the show, but what that means is when an agent is having an open house, if you as a consumer walk into the open house and say, I want to buy it, that agent at some point in the near future, will not be able to help you because they cannot handle both parties in the transaction. Right now, we can through limited dual agency. There's been a lot of uh, problems and trouble in Vancouver, for instance, uh, about this. Uh, and it is a rule that will be coming pretty soon. So it's going to be really interesting for us to see what happens relative to open houses as the, the law changes. And Clarice, you know, opens, again, like I said, 
can be very helpful. Uh, your agent who said that they don't work, uh, I would have to agree with them. But that's not to say that we don't have open houses. I mean, I myself, I have a team. We have the resources. If a seller would like to do it, it's another service. But like I said, we just need to weigh the pros and the cons. Uh, is it worth it? I frankly have a lot of sellers that say, we don't want open houses. We don't want the nosy neighbors. We don't want anyone walking in who is not a qualified buyer. I often say that 50 people through an open house equates to the same as one qualified buyer. If someone wants to see your house, they will make an appointment with their agent. Presumably the agent is good and will not work with the buyer unless they know they're fully qualified, they're able to buy, they have motivation. Uh, and when an agent shows your house, it's worth a lot more than just the aspect of having an open house. Thanks for your question, though, Glarice. Uh, that is a good one. We haven't uh, covered it yet. But I want to remind everyone else, if you have a question that you like answered in a show, just like Glarice here, please visit the cfax1070.com website or call our hotline at 250-414-6540. Now, if you missed that phone number because you're in the car or driving, don't worry. You can find our podcast as well. The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe is on iTunes and Google Play. You'll actually find all of our shows online there. If you want to listen back to some of our um, prior episodes, we're all there. Uh, anyways, we are uh, going to be taking a quick little break here. When we come back, we'll be talking with our guest, Mike Binder, uh, about landscaping and Drew Ripley about irrigation. Now's the time to start thinking about outdoor stuff. Actually, maybe any time is a good time to start thinking about that. I know right now my lawn is a little bit yellow, but there's a reason for that. I think Drew's going to explain it. Uh, anyways, we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there. Thanks for joining us. This is The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Today we're talking about landscaping and sprinkler systems. My guest in the studio right now is Mike Binder. Mike is with JMB Enterprises Incorporated. Mike, thanks for joining us. No problem. Glad to be here, Tony. So, Mike, you you have helped us many times in past, especially when we have uh, clients who are selling their house. They need a refresh every once in a while. You jump in and, and help them out. Tell us about what you do specifically. Specifically what I do in a refresh. Sometimes a refresh is a little bit of an understatement. Okay. And a few I show up to. Yeah. Um, well, hold on a sec. I'm thinking about this specific house in Gordon Head that you helped us out with. I think that's a good example. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, very good example. <laughs> Thank you. That one More was like mild. a jungle, right? That one was mild, actually. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, coming in, trimming, tidying, uh, making the yard simply presentable without going overboard. A lot of people, for some reason, seem to think throwing in an enormous amount of color is going to make a great difference. Mm -hmm. If the garden's been built and maintained that way, that's a fantastic idea. It fits. Mm -hmm. But clean and tidy is all you need to do to present your house. Yeah, and, and so important. You know, one of the things, of course, when we see an overgrown yard like that one, I mean, that house was empty and uh, just hadn't been taken care of. And of course, it was a, it was an expensive home, it was over a million dollars. And in order for us to try to maximize value, I mean, we needed to do what you, and you were there for days, right? I popped in and out four or five hours here and there, but yeah. there were a couple issues of that one. The biggest one was the ivy that had been let out of control, growing up the fence, growing up the rock walls. Eventually it grows under the stucco in through your soffits of your house and causes serious, serious damage. 
You know, ivy is something that we see a lot, and it's almost like people let it grow because they think that it's part of a uh, part of the landscaping feature. Uh, 20, 25 years ago, it used to be. People okay. would put it in in areas where they couldn't grow anything. Uh-huh. And it was great for covering up a bank or a muddy area or clay. Yeah. But it's pretty much a noxious weed these days. Yeah, it does more damage than good. It does, for sure. Yeah, because the other thing, too, is it, it can do things like suffocate uh, trees and hedges and, and things things around it, too. Right? One of the largest, a lot of people think that the ivy actually suffocates the tree. It's not necessarily the case. The case is it causes more wind resistance. Oh. And the tree's going to come over faster. The tree also gets no airflow to it. The tree's not nearly as healthy. Interesting. Well, that's that's my lesson for the day. Uh, how long have you been doing this now, Mike? Altogether, uh, I guess we're into about 35 years. And, of course, the 35 years. And, of course, the uh, the summertime and during the spring is your busy season. How about the off-season? Like, what do you find yourself Summertime doing? is, for the most part, the off-season. Um, the on-seasons are spring and fall. Okay. Um, oh, so is summer off because it's more the, of a maintenance heat, thing? Or? Well, we have the heat. Okay. And, yes, I do mostly maintenance work. Yeah. Um, once the heat hits, usually around mid-June, it really starts to taper off. Don't forget, kids are getting out of school. People are start thinking about holidays rather than, you know, building a yard. Let's say. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, winter. Well, this winter was a little exception, but um, <laughs> okay. norm- normally the winter is the, the the mildest. Yeah, I often wonder about that with any other a place other than Victoria who gets snow more than one day a year. Uh, what do the landscapers do, like in Winnipeg? <laughs> Well, actually, oddly, the the maintenance gardeners back there, even up in the Kootenays interior, any place they get snow, they're gardening in the spring and summer and late fall and winter. They're moving snow and salting driveways. Snow blowing and stuff. That's yeah, all part of their job. Yeah. Uh, typically, what's your typical client and customer? Like, I know you have a lot of, of uh, long-term standing clients. Yes. And what, what do you typically do for them? Typically, always. Um, I show up every single week taking care of their properties. Um, for them, I will do extra landscaping, larger jobs, not a problem, mm-hmm. uh, which usually consumes my time fairly well. But I find that keeping the yard in shape every single week gives you a tidy, presentable, cared-for yard. Yeah, well, I mean, our common friend on Fallow Bay Road is a good example. They, they keep really nice care of their yard, and uh, I see you there on a regular basis. Uh, oh yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no names here. Yes, uh, beautiful- I just picked up some parts for them before I came here. <laughs> okay, but beautiful yard. I mean, they they really care for their their property, and um, it's a it's a big yard too, and and they're older, so it, it it's necessary to have someone like you that takes care of it. And, you know. and this is usually the clientele I work for traditionally over the years those who can't anymore. And these are the people who really have what you'll call pride of ownership. Mm-hmm. They want their yard to look nice, presentable, clean, tidy, you know, for the neighbors, for anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but the largest demographic I have now are the young double-income couple kids, and they absolutely want nothing to do with it. Yeah. They don't want to see or hear me. Okay. They just want it done. They want to come home and it's done. Yeah. They don't want green <clears throat> shoes from uh, mowing the lawn. And dirty, ha- dirty fingernails. No, that's that's passe. And, okay. um, whereas the old, I won't call them the older generation, but 
let's say, you know, 65, 70. And I see some of these people, they can't anymore. They don't do it themselves anymore. Even though they want to. But those that can, yeah. oh, yeah, there's a bucket full of them. Yeah. But those that can, they'll do it until the day they drop. Yeah. And I see a lot of people do that. And that you just don't find that anymore. Yeah. Well, we're here with Mike Binder talking about landscaping and uh, helping out people. Yes, there's a lot of people who take a lot of pride in their, their yards. It's one of the nice things about Victoria because it's evident. Uh, but uh, as you just said, I mean, there are people who just simply can't. Like time, time takes its toll and, and uh, you know, bending down and, and uh, cleaning weeds out of beds is, is no longer uh, an easy thing for certain people, right? Yes. Um, being able to walk, going up and down ladders, simply bending over and picking something up is a challenge for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I just started another contract about a month and a half ago. Um, they've been doing it themselves for years and years and years. The yard actually looks like it's been taken care of very, very well up until the last few months. You can where tell, right? I received a call from their son yeah. to come and talk with them and, you know, maybe give them a hand and... So far, they're very happy with what I'm doing for them, and I'm trying to keep it the way they would like it kept. Yeah. Because everyone's a little bit different. For sure. Yeah, preferences, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, so you just touched on something. Sometimes you can tell that a yard has not been well kept for a long time, or sometimes you can tell that it was cared for up until a certain point, like a month ago or two months, and that's exactly what you're saying, right? Yes, and then you find out from the, a lot of times it's the children you find out from, they kept their yard immaculate. Mm -hmm. And they both passed away up in, uh, just a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And you can tell no one kept it up. Yeah. Whereas I do get called by a lot of children to come and take care of that property until it's decided what's going to happen with it. Yeah. Now, I, I have noticed, this is just an observation uh, for me, that uh, whenever we need your help, we'll give you a call and then boom, you're there. Um, I'm, you. I'm assuming that's not special treatment. Like, you just find a way to find the time, right? Well, because I deal in all of Greater Victoria, yeah. um, at some point I'm always in the neighborhood. Yes. So where if you'll call me just to button something up, blow it off, cut a lawn, you know, nothing too serious, you know, maybe half hour, 45 minutes, it's fairly simple to throw in there. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's one of the things that we uh, enjoy most about, uh, about working with you. The, um, the yards are such an important part in in victoria here and uh one, one of the things one of the things that i find it's funny is when people are looking at a home you know they're spending a lot of money because houses are expensive nowadays and they almost always want the big yard um and if they're coming for instance from a condo or a townhouse it's just amazing how they often uh, underestimate the amount of work that goes into a property and I literally have had people who have bought these fantastic yards. And I go back like a year or two years later or maybe go to resell it uh, three or five years later. And the thing is overgrown and it's, it's a total shame. Like you must see that all the time. Well, the funny thing is it doesn't take long for the yard to get away from you. Um, there's an old rule, depending on the size of the property, 10 minutes a day. If you put in a serious, honest 10 minutes a day, huh. your yard will not come out of control. And we're talking, you know, about a ten to 14,000 square foot lot. Obviously, the bigger the lot or the more extensive the garden, the more you're going to have to put in. But as soon as you slack off, even if you're doing it weekly, you slack off, all of a sudden it piles up, piles up, piles up, and you have an enormous problem that, hey, who are we going to call? Yeah, it's funny. You know, I, I drove by the parking lot of uh, Canadian Tire on Douglas and, um, you know, the one that closed down recently. Yeah. And it's all gated up and everything. And I, I was marveling at the pavement and all the weeds that are up. 
you know, when it's derelict. And that hasn't been closed. It's been closed since November or something, I think. Yeah. And it is just amazing what happens when human hands aren't uh, taking care of things. Mother Nature takes over, right? And the like the parking lot you're talking about, that more seeds are falling, more weeds are going to grow, more grasses are going to grow. Every crack in the concrete or asphalt is going to have another weed growing in it. Yeah, well, um, and... and Doing damage. And that's why there's people like you. People need to reach you, Mike. How can they uh, how can do that? Your phone number? Phone number, 250-882-4769. Great. Well, Mike, thanks for being on the show. We're going to switch over to Drew in just a moment, but we'll keep you here because we'll have a conversation afterwards. Thanks, Tony. Great. We'll take a quick break. Back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there. You're joining us on The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Just as a reminder, if you would like to catch this show or shows from the past, you can always visit the website, which is cfax1070.com. Look under shows and you'll find us. You'll also find a number of past episodes that you can listen to streaming on the air. Or if you're a podcast listener, you can download us on iTunes or Google Play. Uh, and another reminder as well, too, if you have a question that you like aired on our program that is real estate related, I'd be happy to answer for you and just reach out again to the CFAX website or give us a call on our hotline, which is 250-414-6540. would love to answer it for you on air. Uh, and finally, if there's anything that you, the listener, would like to learn more about surrounding real estate and homes, just let me know. I'd be happy to um, find people and professionals, as we have for all the time we've been on air, that are answering those uh, important burning questions that you might have about your home, about real estate, about investment properties, or any of that. Right now, we have with us our guest, Drew Ripley. Drew is with Amazon Irrigation. Drew, thanks for coming. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. You know, I have to say, I was thinking, knowing that you were coming on the show, I was thinking about my history and sprinklers. And my very first house, when I was in my 20s, I did not have the benefit of having a sprinkler system. Uh, I, I was actually fine with this because my dad was a landscaper. I mean, I was just talking with Mike uh, Beender about landscaping. Dad was the guy who was in the yard all the time. Everyone loved his yard. He didn't have a sprinkler system. He's, he was one of those guys that walked around with the hose, and the uh, he had his system and it worked really well, so that's kind of where I came from, uh, except for the fact that after that, my successive properties have all had uh, sprinklers, and I think they're very important because they make life a lot easier. They do. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm happy to say that you take care of uh, our sprinklers at the house uh, as well. So tell us about irrigation, and um, maybe from the context of people that don't have an irrigation system right now, if they're just thinking about it, why should they do it? Well, I tell you, there's a lot of different factors involved. Uh, one thing I have to say over the years that I've learned is that people that have never had a sprinkler system before don't really want one, don't need one. But people who have had one, an automatic sprinkler system, can't live without it. Yeah, it's hard it, to go backwards. It's uh, it's something that's very beneficial. It does, believe it or not, add property value. If, For example, if you paid, uh, let's say, $5,000 for a sprinkler system, you know, a fully installed professional automatic irrigation system, you can easily add double that to resale. Well, and the other aspect of it, too, is I think that having the automatic sprinkler system will also help resale because the fact that when you're using it is beautifying your yard, right? Everything looks great. It, yeah. As long as it, it's done professionally by somebody who knows what they're doing mm-hmm. and it, it follows the CRD guidelines uh, to water things appropriately without wasting a lot of water, your yard looks great. Yeah, water wastage is uh, is, is something, especially in dry seasons. Well, there's a, there's a lot... 
there's a lot to it. Uh, there's a lot of the people that really don't understand and know uh, the where where to go to find out the information. Yeah, uh, and it's funny because uh, Mike over here has mentioned before that you, Mike can't turn yellow grass into green grass, right? No, you got to keep it green. Yes. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, the family's coming over next week. I'm gonna start watering my burned out uh, grass, no, right? No, it's actually there's a lady next door to me that's doing that. She's trying her best, uh, but she waited a little too long, and she's putting a ton of water on the grass, and it's really there's a little bit of green tinge to it, but it's we're we're getting into the second week of her doing it, and it's still brown. No, I I haven't seen reports, but I'm guessing that that's probably not an efficient way to do it because it's likely she's wasting more water than had she done like a daily sprinkle. Most right? likely, and. And the nice thing about an automatic uh, irrigation system is that when you set it to follow the, the, the rules and regulations and the appropriate amount of time, you save water. It, it's on and off before you even get up in the morning. Yeah. Um, and the early in the morning is also the best time to water. Is It's the highest humidity between around 4 and 7 in the morning, so you lose almost no water to evaporation. Uh. Uh, also, it's really good. Uh, nobody's up having a shower doing laundry quite yet. Okay. So you got really good pressure. It's also very usually very calm, so the wind's not blowing the spray out into the road or into the neighbor's yard or onto your patio. It's actually going where it's supposed to go. And the final thing, which is my favorite, is the plants are only wet for a short time, and then the sun comes up, the wind picks up, and dries everything off. But the water's in the roots now, yeah. so the plants are super happy and healthy. Unfortunately... Um, Personally, my dad used to come home in the evening and put out the lawn sprinkler after dinner. And that's what I learned. Uh, that's what a lot of people have experienced. I see that all the time. And unfortunately, when you water in the evening, the moisture stays on the surface of the plants all night long. And you actually promote the things you don't want in your yard, which is fungus, mold, mildew, disease, mushrooms, all the things that you're trying to avoid. You actually promote that by watering in the evening. Wow. We're talking with Drew Ripley from Amazon Irrigation here. I didn't know about that. I mean, I, I do see, whenever I see sprinklers on in the evening, I, I kind of, I raise an eyebrow because, especially when it's hot, it seems like a lot of water is going to be wasted through evaporation. Watering when you have time is better than not watering at all. Uh, and okay. that's, the, that's the unfortunate part. So a lot of people don't have the time until they have the little space after dinner, before they put the kids to bed, they can uh. put the sprinkler out. If you have an automatic irrigation system, it comes on early in the morning. And you, you never see it come on, but everything stays nice and green. It's beautiful. It's yeah. amazing. And you don't waste any water. It's set to the exact amount of time you need for each area. Like, for example, uh, you know, you put a soaker hose on for a, uh, a whole row of uh, cedar hedge. You put that on, you know, an hour, an hour and a half, once a week, just soak a nice deep soak. Well, you got to water your lawn twice a week because the roots are, you know, only a few inches down. Then you have your medium-sized hedges. And, you know, rotos and stuff like that. Well, they need watering too, but on a different schedule. So having an automatic timer allows you to do customize the different areas of your yard to what they need. Yeah, because uh, a system typically has zones. Yes, different zones or uh, it's, it's everybody has a different name for it. You know, zone is, is kind of the, the one I use uh, um when I'm doing a design and an installation is a zone over here because you have this, you know, you have grass. We're going to keep this backyard area, the whole grass area on one zone one. So we know exactly how much time to put on that area. Zone two is, uh, you know, like you say, the, the hedge. Mm -hmm. So we put that on a different program and water it accordingly to what it needs. So nowadays, if somebody is watering their, their grass, how much, how much time do they need for, for watering? It all depends on how warm it is. Oh, like for example, if uh, it clouds over for two weeks and it's 17, 18 degrees, you still need water. But it doesn't rain, you still need water. Not as much. Yeah. But all of a sudden, 
we get to some of the old school, typical July temperatures above 30 degrees for two weeks straight. Well, you can need to water more. So having a timer, you can just go and push some buttons, adjust it, walk away. In 30 seconds, you're done. Yeah. You've adjusted it for the current temperatures, the, the climate, uh, or the season that you're at. Yeah. You know, that's a really good point that you brought up about the fact that when people come home from work, that's when they're doing their their manual uh, sprinkler systems. It's, it's true. Nobody's going to get up at 4 in the morning and go, <laughs> and go stand there with a hose, unless they like doing that. Yeah, I, mean, I think that was my dad. Most people yeah, really have... the early morning guy. Uh, the time is, is precious right now. Everybody's so busy yeah. with so many things. Having an automatic, properly installed automatic irrigation system is... It's so amazing. Once you've had one, like I say, people will, will always have one. Yeah, and the systems themselves are relatively simple, right? Uh, they're pretty straightforward in the in the layout and how they work. Uh, there's lots of different equipment to be used in that there's the micro-irrigation. There's regular pop-up spray heads. There's rotors. Oh, actually, so for listeners now, micro-irrigation is what? Micro-irrigation is a combination of different things. Drip line, uh, soaker line, uh, micro-spray heads, um, down sprays. There's emitters. There's a lot of different things that you can be customized to your landscape and what's going on with it mm-hmm. uh, to help you save uh, money and do do your plants a favor. Yeah, actually, and one that I bring up right now I see quite often is uh, hanging baskets where you have the hanging, drip system yeah. the drip system uh, on your hanging baskets so you don't need to water them. Hanging baskets are a, a nice thing. Most irrigation timers have at least three programs, like a program A, B, and C, and most people don't really understand how that works. But what it is is like having three different timers. Yeah. So program A, you can set your lawn to go twice a week. Program B, you can set your hanging baskets to go three times a day for one minute yeah. just to keep them wet. Wow. But not a lot of water, just one minute, three yeah. times a day. And, they, and of course, if you put a little fertilizer in there, they just go bonkers. They turn into a jungle. Yeah. But you can customize it with the equipment that you have. A lot of people don't realize that. They, they have a timer and that, that has that program ca- capability, yep. and they want to do a whole hanging baskets around the house. Well, we can do that. All right. Well, I'm laughing right now because uh, I have the zone, I have the programs A and B, and I have not known what the heck they're for. So. Most, most people don't. And, and right. unfortunately, a lot of times the irrigation contractor that uh, installs your system doesn't go into detail about explaining how they work. Yeah. and the functionality of it. There's another thing that a lot of programs or timers have called a seasonal adjustment or a percentage. And that is just the coolest, easiest thing to change your whole programming in five seconds. You know, let's touch on that when we get back. Sure. We've got to take a break, but before we do, people need to reach you, Drew. How can they do, how can they do well, that? Well, they can find me at my phone number, yeah. uh, 250-818-8510. Great. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with both Mike and Drew talking about landscaping and sprinklers. Back in a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, you're listening to The Whole Home Show here on CFAX 1070, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, and Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings. Today is an outdoor show. Our guests in the studio are Drew Ripley from Amazon Irrigation and Mike Beender from JMB Enterprises. We've been having a conversation today about landscaping, about uh, burned out yellow grass, (laughs) and how that's very hard to um, uh, resuscitate, and talking about sprinklers. Uh, During the break, actually, Mike just uh, brought the question up to Drew. How about these 40-year-old sprinklers? systems like these really old ones i've seen them too there's lots of them out there yeah i did i kind of made a mistake on just generalizing uh timers uh, the older timers are limited on what they can do uh, the newer newer timers give you a lot more options so if you have an older system you might want to look at 
potentially spending a few bucks and upgrading to a new timer give you the more options that you need. Yeah. Uh, but they, if, if it's old and it's working fine and you don't have any trouble, then just if it ain't broke, so, don't fix so it. So is it easy enough to replace the timer system and still maintain the lines that are in the, the, the yard? Yes. All, the, all the, uh, the changes when you change the timer is the timer itself. You just reconnect the wires uh, the way they are to the, the new timer and plug in the new timer and basically it just gives you more options but yeah because it gives you it gives you brains yeah. the computer brain that allows you to do things right. i'm some guessing some of them actually pardon me tony some yeah. of them actually even connect to the weather network yes and they you're will, kidding i'm not and you can run them off your smartphone if you like yeah and you can the the weather network will physically adjust as we get hotter cooler more rain less rain Oh. They the came out, I guess, four or five years ago. They're pretty, they were very expensive when they came out. They've really come down in price. Uh, yeah. Okay, so since I'm doing this renovation at my house and, Drew, you're doing the sprinklers, <laughs> I, I put my order in for one of those right now. I just did a, <laughs> a system for a gentleman recently who uh, has his, he, he upgraded his timer to a Wi-Fi capable timer, yeah. and he can set off a sprinkler system with his phone. I love it. There's, I mean, the, the sky's the limit as far as the technology. Well, well, you know, you're talking about, uh, Mike's talking about teeing up with the weather um, uh, network. I mean, that because I've often wondered, it's like, all right, well, the weather's changed. It's pouring rain out, you know. Of course, I, I think we have sensors where Yeah, rain sensors, go. wind sensors. But still, I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing that that connectivity allows the system to decide how much water is necessary, right? It does. It, it also depends on your, your climate, where you're at. I used to install irrigation systems out in Calgary, where in June, there's a thunderstorm almost every day. So if you have a rain sensor, great, because you, you, your whole system, your whole yard gets soaked. Yeah. Um, out here in, in Victoria, it seems that when it kind of quits raining, that's it. It's, it's summertime. It, it yes. doesn't rain anymore. Uh, I mean, the, the weather's unpredictable, of course, but some places uh, a rain sensor is much more of a better idea than others. Uh, same with the weather. Uh, there's freezing sensors. There's wind sensors. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff available to really customize your irrigation system. But it also depends on how much money you want to spend on it. Yeah. We, we had a show uh, several months ago talking about uh, technology in, in the home. And uh, we, we also were talking about appliances and how uh, a certain Samsung fridge can snap a photo inside the fridge to let you know, you know, what, <laughs> what the expiry date on the yogurt is or whatever we talked about. Yes. Uh, and, and I never thought about this with, with um, landscaping. Now, uh, unfortunately, Mike, I, I don't think there's the functionality of getting a lawn cut uh, automatically. They still need you to do that. Well, we have robotic lawn, lawnmowers. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, I've yeah. seen those. <laughs> yes. I don't know how effective they are. But they, weren't that, they didn't work out that well. Yeah, because I don't see them very often. No, you won't. Okay. The vacuums worked a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, see, our relevance is uh, is proven there, right? Um, so we talked about drip irrigation, um, which which I mean, you blew me away with that conversation about the the, the program. Um, I think I'm going to go shopping after our show here and look up the new irrigation stuff. Um, okay, so just talking about our house, because, you know, you know it, you come by on a regular basis. Uh, we're doing a renovation in the exterior, and it's looking like we're, well, we're going to need a new system. You're going to need a little bit of upgrading on your system. When you Usually when you have a, a system already installed, you can utilize the majority of it. You don't need a whole new system. Mm -hmm. uh, and I hate to say it, but some guy's trying to sell that, and it's not, not really not true. You have the, the framework. All you need to do is just customize it to what the changes are. Uh, and that's what we're going to do with your place. It's really not going to be a huge deal. Uh, overall, your, your system is a basic simple straightforward system i just need to reroute some pipes and put some heads in after the landscaping's done and and get it all 
you know, going back to where it was before. Love it. Uh, a question comes up, the, the lines in the ground. I mean, Mike was just talking about a 40-year-old system. Mm-hmm. But what were they using before PVC? Oh, uh, polybutylene. Uh, Some of the really older ones in the uplands, you're going to find that they're the old cast iron pipe. Wow. A little bit have, of galvanized. And they have copper yeah. heads on them. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you can still use those, I'm guessing. Well, you, when, when they're that old, you, you kind of want to go new. Um, galvanized pipe and, and stuff like that, just it disintegrates over, over a period of time. PVC, not so much, especially if it's underground. It's not exposed to UVs or anything. It lasts indefinitely. Wow. Uh, we're, we're here in the studio with Mike Beender uh, from uh, JMB Industries and also with Drew Ripley from Amazon Irrigation talking about landscaping and sprinklers and, and stuff like that. Um, Mike. Yes. Um, for, you know, as we finish off the summer and people are looking into preparing their, their homes for the fall and the winter, what are things that they might want to do? Wait for the leaves to start falling. Um, okay. One thing I want to touch on you talking about earlier is the brown lawns. If you have a brown lawn now, leave it until the fall, till the weather cools and we start getting rains. Then think about bringing it back. Other than that, you're simply going to waste money in yeah. water or replacing new sod. Yeah. Oh, you know... Um, Oh, here's the other thing too. You know, we all watch these HGTV, you know, um, uh, shows about real estate and stuff, and <laughs> we see these home flipper guys that actually spray paint their yellow grass green. Oh, I used to do it quite a bit. You're kidding. When we had full water restrictions many years ago, yeah. I was spray painting lawns. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, I've never seen that around here. You big. can actually buy turf paint. It's big in Arizona. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, and once the lawn's brown, it sucks that paint up. It, it's it beautiful. It, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, getting back to um, waiting for the leaves to fall. Yeah. Um, just get prepped. Make sure your equipment's ready. Make sure your tools are sharp, clean. Things are ready to go. Um, and take it easy for the rest of the summer. And water your hanging baskets. <laughs> it's a it's a good place. Victoria is a great place in town for enjoying your outdoor space, your, your landscaping and yard. I mean, you just mentioned Arizona. I, I was in Phoenix a couple months ago and holy cow, like it's, it's, I just, I find it so unrealistic that things are alive in that heat weather. Cause I think, you know, just a little while ago they hit like 120 degrees or something like that. Yes, they did. Yes. So, um, uh, I mean, Victoria, on the other hand, is it's, it's natural. I mean, that's one of the reasons why people come here is because it's so beautiful and the air is clean and it doesn't get super hot, right? Not usually. We uh, have a consistent climate here. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And that probably makes for a good landscaping business. And in Arizona, they put their vegetable gardens in in the winter. A lot of people don't know that one. Okay. Because it's too hot in the summer. And a lot of people in Arizona also change their lawns. In the summer, they'll put an annual grass in, yeah. which will take the heat. In the winter, they'll switch it over to a perennial they grass. They change their grass? Yes. That's why they have so, such small lawns. You're kidding. Their houses, yeah. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah, it's a, 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 quite a different climate than we have here. We're really lucky to have what, we, what we've got. <laughs> why did you just blew me away? What did they, do they store the old lawn or something? Or what? I have no idea okay. what they do with it. All right. Uh, Drew, um, winterizing. Winterizing. We, we need to talk about that. Irrigation systems need. It's, uh, it's a big question. A lot of people say, well, I, I've never winterized my irrigation system. Well, you might be living on a hill and it, allow, it, it, it drains naturally, which is great. Um, but not all of it drains. Uh, what happens here is we go sometimes 20 years without getting really, really cold. We had a bit of a cold snap this winter, got down to about five or six below, and it snowed a few times and everybody freaked out. Well, that doesn't happen very often. 
but what does happen here once in a while is I, I grew up here, uh, and I remember just finishing up high school, we had a cold snap, and it was 20 below or, or lower for over a week. Mm-hmm. And it, it, cut, it raised havoc. I mean, I remember the boats at the Oak Bay Marina were getting covered in ice on the rigging, and they were starting to tip over. It was it, back in the mid-'80s. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, And so it does happen here. And I spoke to some older old-timers that told me that in the 50s, the Inner Harbor actually froze over, and they were skating on it. Okay. So it does happen. Yeah. Uh, so if if you choose not to winterize your irrigation by getting it blown out with an air compressor, yeah. you're just gambling. Well, yeah, because you can't foresee what's going to happen. No, Mother Nature has her own way. Uh, if you d- what I call it is preventative maintenance. Yeah. It's not expensive. It's a yearly thing, and it's it's wise to do it. When I do my blowouts, I guarantee them. Okay. So explain what a, what a blowout is. Well, you, you need to hook basically turn the water off, the main shut off for your irrigation system, and hopefully whoever's installed it uh, is installed it properly to allow you a connection to hook up an air compressor. Now, I'm not talking about your little Hitachi air compressor that holds three gallons. I'm talking about a big 185 CFM Ingersoll Rand type of air compressor that can blow out your whole yard in one shot, like okay. all the different zones. Um, that way you know it's done properly. Every Almost every drop of water is out of there. So it doesn't matter how cold it gets, there's no water to freeze. Water expands when it freezes and it does amazing damage. Yeah, it, so when it expands, it can basically blow the, uh, the break, plumbing lines. It'll break, break all your lines, your valves, your heads, uh, and it, it, it's, it's very, very expensive repair. Well, of course, <laughs> because then you got to start digging and finding where the leak is, right? Yeah, it's, it's extensive repair. <laughs> if, if you've not blown out your system and it does get cold and freezes, yeah. you're pretty much redoing your whole system. Yeah, no, winterizing is uh, is so, so important because you never know. And, and we, we've had clients that, uh, you know, things happen, right? Like I said, it's preventative maintenance it's yeah. just you know you do an oil change on your car same type of thing you blow out your system in the winter and you're, you're safe you can sleep at night you don't have to worry about it actually i i will tell a quick story now that has come to mind i i will never forget 25 years ago i was putting up one of those directional arrows you know that we listed a property for sale in the squamal yep. and, and down the street at the corner i pounded in a, a directional arrow and guess in, what happened into an irrigation line i irrigation. hit the irrigation line <laughs> and uh, uh yeah that was a lesson there um the the, the homeowner was nice enough to uh, uh get in touch with me in a nice way and we paid for the repair but uh but you know yeah. things happen right you never know you never know yeah we see it quite a bit people, <laughs> people sticking things in gardens and yeah. straight through an irrigation wonder where that little trail of water is coming from all of a sudden yeah happened a couple weeks ago actually. oh and, and the other one too is when we are aerating our lawns uh probably good idea to identify where the sprinkler heads are in the grass if right? i do run across this um and areas usually around the ocean on bedrock or blast rock the houses are built on after 10 12 years it's the soil settles down through the rock and i actually punched about 20 holes in one irrigation system a couple years ago and the, the lines were only an inch under the ground Oh, wow. Whereas originally they were put in six inches under the ground. Yeah, usually most irrigation contractors know to put them down far enough that they're not going to be damaged by the uh, aerating. Yeah. Uh, when I install a system, I flag out the system and I put the heads where the flags are and I leave the flags in for the customer. Two reasons. One, I want them to get kind of get an idea where, where, where the heads are and yeah. kind of rem- remember that. And after a couple of weeks, I say, just take them out, put them in a bundle and put them in your garage. When two or three years down the road, when it's time to do an aeration, guess what? You have exactly the amount of flags for heads. If you go out and you flag those heads, put those flags back on, the guy that comes by to do the aeration, he's going to know to stay away from po- poking holes in your heads. And if you have a flag left over, you're missing a head. You've you got to find it. So it's a, it's a simple thing. I'm writing that one down. So we can do, And, of course, nowadays you snap a photo with your smartphone of that, where the heads are and you know that, exactly where they that's are. That's the other way to do it, yeah. Well, guys, thanks for joining us. So, um, Mike, if people need to reach you again, how can they do that? 
250-882-4769. Great. And Drew? You can reach me anytime, 250-818-8510. Yeah, because we talked about the fact that you guys are busy working. There's no website. Uh, no, we, we phone is best, right? We, we kind of go old school in referrals, and we like to keep it that way. We just stay away from a lot of tire kickers. And people that are serious uh, will find, we'll find you. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, uh, for everyone else, thanks for joining us today. This is The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We will be here for you this time next week.